Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of Get More Success. Now, I'm thrilled today to have the Chief Operating Officer of SafetyWise, which is being shortlisted as one of the Australia's companies of the future. And I'm sure Luke will give us a, a more specific and accurate title there. But, but Luke, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Warwick. Now, I start off uh, with everyone who comes on the show asking them about what success is. So I'm going to ask you on a couple of levels because I know uh, you have, your business has recently won the Business Excellence Award for Manningham here in Melbourne. So from, from your perspective, what is success for your business? And then afterwards, I'll come back and ask you personally, what's your success? How do you define success within the business? So pick yeah, each one of those. I was going to say, you have to ask the hard questions first, don't you? And then we'll go easy afterwards. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, success for the business, I think that's, a, that's an interesting one. I think it's different for everyone. For us at the moment, it was just about recognising what we've done and how we've done things. We've been in business now for 15 years. We operate globally. Uh, and I guess because of the nature of what we do, we've, we've probably always kept a bit of a low key about us and, and how we operate and so forth. Uh, obviously. The quick background is we do workplace accident investigations. So it's not the sort of thing that you that you jump for joy about and promote. It's not enough. sexy. No, well, no, it's not. And, you know, let's face it, we're going into workplaces investigating fatalities or serious incidents. So um, this was an opportunity, I guess, for us to actually recognise where we are, where, what we've done, uh, where we've been and, and how we've got here and so forth. Um, yeah, it was probably more the recognition factor, I think, more than anything. Right. Um, that, that sort of said, look, let's have a, have a look at this. And, um, you know, we're going through a lot of transition and a lot of change uh, within the business itself, you know, structuring. And we right-sized a bit over a year ago. Um, yeah, yeah, lots of change. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, a confirmation, I guess, of, of where we're at. Okay. So for you as the Chief Operating Officer, how do you define success for you? Or even personally? Jeez. Yeah, again, that's a hard one, isn't it? Um, I think for me at the moment, and again, oh, my role's evolving here. So for me, it's, it's if I look at it, you know, job specific and where I fit in, it's just about maintaining what we do or improving, it probably is a better word, not maintaining, improving what we're doing and how we're doing stuff. I'm not sure I'm really giving you the real answer you want because I really, I'm not quite sure how to answer that one. That's a hard one. Um, <laughs> Well, you think about it, we'll come back. I'll come back to it later on. So, yeah, it sounds good. We'll probably get it out over the next 20 minutes, but yeah. <laughs> so tell me about um, safety-wise and what you do in terms of, because you are, like, you've, you've created a, is the software system, is that for analysing incidents? Is it for uh, preventing uh, incidents? Yep. You know, yeah, tell me a bit okay. more about that. So I'll give you background to the business and sort of where we're at. So... Safety-wise, have been now going 15 years. We're, we're in our 15-year celebration this year, and we're promoting that quite heavily. Uh, so we, uh, based in Berlin, uh, we have teams of workplace accident investigators and and training facilitators. 
um, in South Africa, North America, South America, and the rest of them around Australia. So we're a team of 18 um, now. So, uh, you know, quite a, quite a large team. You know, it's not the, the little family business that it was 15 years ago. Um, and I think even that's been a, a big thing for us to get our head around. Um, you know, it changes a lot of things and how you operate. Um, so as I said earlier, we, we do two things. We, we provide accident investigations or incident investigation services. So as I said, we, we go in on behalf of an organisation as an independent investigator. So we'll investigate um, serious accidents, near misses, um, fatalities and so forth in the workplace. Um, we're either appointed by the business, generally the legal team, um, uh, or occasionally we'll work, work on behalf of the regulators or with the regulators. Um, and obviously that really varies depending on where it is and, and what the legal framework is. You know, some countries, you know, it's, it's very, very hit and miss compared to Australia. You know, we've got quite robust laws and so forth. Um, but we've, uh, sorry, the second part is we, we also do incident investigation training. So what we often find is when we go in and do these investigations, people actually want to learn how to do the investigations as well. Um, so we go in and we'll train safety professionals or operations and management and so forth, and then they can do their own investigations without having to engage us. So we, I guess we're building their capacity and giving them that resilience to be able to, to do this themselves and to learn from it and to, to prevent the recurrence themselves. Um, so we've operated in 43 countries in the last 15 years. Um, we're all over the place, you know, we've just come back from Madagascar. Uh, we're about to head off to Spain shortly. Uh, we've got stuff in the USA at the moment underway. It's it's all over the place. <laughs> it's really quite diverse. And I'm, when I first joined the business a bit over 12 months ago, I'm talking to the CEO and I said, hang on, where's that? I've got to look that up. And there's places I haven't even heard of. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. So with part of your uh, inv investigation training, that's the online system that you have, is that correct? Oh, yeah, sorry. So there's two parts and I didn't answer the other part of your question. So the founder of our business, Jerry Gibb, he was part of the team that developed a, an investigation process called ICAM, which is Incident Cause Analysis Method. Uh, so we now roll out that, that methodology. So we have a couple of different ways we train it. One is in a face-to-face -face environment. So that's a two-day lead investigator course. So that, as I said earlier, gives them all the tools and the training and the, and the resources to be able to lead and facilitate investigations themselves. Uh, we also have a what we call a basic ICAM investigation course, and that's more for those who are going to support an investigator and help them. The online training that we offer it's very much an awareness level. So it's about, a, it's various modules, but in total makes up about two to three hours of learning. Um, and obviously is deployed through our learning management system 24 seven all around the world. Um, and again, that's about giving people that awareness. It certainly doesn't give them the full breadth to be able to facilitate an investigation, but it certainly gives them a good understanding. So I understand that that online training system is quite popular so much so you've had to convert it into multiple languages, including French, Spanish, and even Mandarin. Uh, yeah, correct. So what we've done is we've converted our training into Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, uh, basic Chinese. I've got a mental blank, don't you? I hate that. Seven languages. And we're actually exploring uh, German at the moment. So we actually uh, will have all the tools developed uh, translated into those languages but we also deliver our services in those languages as well so we will uh, for example we we're in Kyrgyzstan not long ago and we del uh, delivered in Russian uh, we've uh, been into Madagascar only a few weeks ago and we were delivering in both English and French so they ran courses in both 
Um, so it's not just having the tools, we'll actually provide the service in that native language as well, either directly through our own staff or through translation services. Okay. Uh, so tell me about, uh, you've recently been shortlisted in one of the top 200. Now, I'm not sure of the exact title here. It's the, the yep. Westpac top 200 most influential companies of the future. Uh, something correct me i know i'm wrong so correct me on what no, that, that sounds that actually sounds really impressive um it's the westpac business of tomorrow program so westpac committed i think off the top of my head it was something like 20 million dollars um as an organization towards developing and growing the what they identified or companies they identified as the business of tomorrow so these are businesses that are they believe are shaping the future of australia and having a a big impact, you know, on the workplace and, and how we do business and so on. Uh, so it was one of those, I'd actually heard about it through social media and I had a look at it and thought, oh, yeah, why not? Let's, let's give that a go. Um, we'd only just literally put in our application for the Manningham Business Excellence Awards. So I think we're in that frame of mind at the time. And we said, oh, let's have a look at this. And, and I think like anyone, when you go into an awards program, but particularly a big national awards program, you sort of go, oh, yeah, all right, this will be a, an interesting exercise but don't really expect it to go anywhere and um it was literally the last day I, i'd actually finished for the for the year last year um uh, at lunchtime and that was about two o'clock that afternoon hadn't heard anything and didn't expect to hear it i thought it had pretty much come and come and uh, gone and uh, got an email from them saying congratulations you're one of the top 200 in the country uh so sort of got over the shock of that but the the long and short of that program is uh, in early April, they're flying those top 200s up into Sydney and uh, and we're going to meet up there and we're going to go through a, a, a conference and seminar pro a program around business excellence and, and uh, strategic planning and so forth around businesses. From that top 200, there's a further 20 that will be identified and uh, those 20 will then go on a global tour with Westpac. They'll um, have access to a, to a tailored training program valued around a hundred thousand dollars each they get one-on-one -on -one business mentoring and coaching with the likes of john eels and ida buttros and and a, a raft of other uh highly successful uh, business people so look we're, we're we're stoked to be in the top 200 as i said you, you go into this not expecting it so yeah it'll be great if we get the top 20 that'll be fantastic but we're happy with the 200 at the moment actually looking forward to the program it should be really good yeah. and it'll be good to spend that time with with like-minded businesses. Um, as I said, we're, although we're celebrating 15 years, we're going through a lot of change. We're looking long and hard at what we do, how we do things. So for me, I'm looking forward to spending that time with these, with these people and, you know, I guess bouncing and learning from them as well. So obviously as an organization, you've decided that uh, applying for some of these awards, be it the business excellence awards with your local council or yep. these national awards is an important thing. Why do you do it? What What are you hoping, as well as you know, the opportunities to to mingle with these people? Mm. But how, what's the business benefit that you see of applying for and uh, going into these kind of uh, things to get the awards? Because they're not easy. They, those no. application forms take an enormous amount of time, and you would yeah. have to question: Is it worth it? Because I could be out there servicing customers. If I put the outcome aside, the outcome is, is obviously it's great to get the recognition and great, great to get the reward. I actually think the, the unpromoted benefit, which I think is a big benefit to any business, is it forces you to look at the business. 
you look at what you're doing, how you do it, why you do it, and and that's when you start to question things. You sort of think, well, why is it we do what we do and how we do it? So, and 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 I don't think they they promote that. Um, I was involved in a um a discussion forum about that uh, only a couple of months ago with with the city of Manningham as well. And I said that, you know, it's, it's a massive benefit because as I said, it forces you to look at the business and, and you, and you look at it objectively, you know, it's fine to give the sales pitch. This is who we are. This is what we do. But when you actually start to look at why you do it, it's yeah. I think that's a, a big plus massive plus. Right. So it gives you that opportunity to put your business under the microscope um, and, and sort of, consider what would an independent person think of our business rather than me with the, I've already thought this way. I already know what we do. Correct. Mindset. Just ask me, I'll tell you we're the greatest. And that's, you know, that's the classic sales pitch, isn't it? Um, But it forces you to look at it from, from an external perspective. Um, You know, I guess you look at it not only from a customer perspective, you look at it from a, an independent business person. You know, if, if another CEO had a look at our business, you know, what would they see? Mm. Again, I can give you the sales pitch. Um, or we can actually analyze it objectively, which I think the awards processes force you to do. Yeah. Previously, you alluded to uh, some of the, uh, I don't know if there were challenges or just there was an interesting tone when you talked about, we are no longer a small little family business. We're a yeah. large business. Yeah. What have been some of the issues in that transition? Um, I think, yeah, and look, and it's not like there was a magic switch. We suddenly went, oh, look, we're no longer a family business. I think just as you evolve, again, through going through that awards process, you start, again, look at things, you look at objectives, and you suddenly realise that we're not the family business. You know, it's, it's, it's a big business. You know, it's, it's a multi-million dollar business that's operating on a, on a global basis, um, and it also has a significant impact on other businesses. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're dealing, as I said, with workplace incidents and accidents. Um, you know, when we get a call at, you know, two o'clock in the morning or something like that for an investigation somewhere in the world, you know, there's, it's, we're obviously dealing with, with an organisation and a, and, a, and a person um, that's, let's face it, has had a, a pretty bad day at work, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think it's... I think you just you start to look at things differently. Um, suddenly, you know, with a team of 18, suddenly HR is, is an issue. I mean, HR is an issue in every business, but when you're a smaller family business, maybe with two or three people, you would handle that very differently to, a, to, a, to an organisation that's spread out quite geographically um, and has such a diverse range of people and, and, and experiences and services that are being offered. Um, you know, there's those sort of HR, IR issues. Um, then obviously you've got cash flow. I mean, let's face it, cash is king in every business, even big business. Um, and unfortunately for us, you know, we're, we're dealing with multinationals and, and multinationals dictate things like payment terms. <laughs> I want to know what's the magic trigger when I can dictate my payment terms. When can I tell Telstra, I'll pay your bill when I'm ready? Um, you can't. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you look at things very differently. Um, you know, it's, as I said, it's in a smaller business you can... You can you can handle HR issues, and as I said, I think that's probably the, the most significant one. Very differently, right? Um, you know, it can probably be a little bit more informal. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're going from handling issues on the fly and things just as they happen to actually having some rigor and process and structure, correct. so yeah, that correct. all of a sudden becomes this. It's scalable. So, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I was brought into this role 
uh, a bit over 12 months ago to actually help them do that. Um, yes, we've got a, a very a, a big business, a successful business, but it needs that structure behind it. Um, if you don't have your processes, you don't have your documentation, then how do you know you're doing a good job? How do you know you're doing it right? How do you ensure consistency? How do you ensure that business excellence is being delivered by everyone? Um, it's really important. Yeah. So what does the future hold for, for you in terms of you're looking at to go to other countries, different languages with your product? Are there different service offerings you're considering? Uh, how are you growing your organization? Um, again, it's, yeah, look, it's a good question. Um, and we're still working through some of that strategic stuff. We see certain parts of the, the globe, uh, such as Asia Pacific is potentially a big market for us. Um, likewise, as is Europe, we don't have a, a big footprint in, in, in the European countries. Uh, yes, we do do some work in those countries, but you know, there's certainly potential growth opportunities in both of those. Um, I think especially APAC though for us, um, literally being on our doorstep and um, massive manufacturing, massive growth, massive industry. Yeah. And, and a lot of Western countries are setting up in, in, in the APAC region. So, you know, they have a hunger for what we do and how we do stuff. And in most cases, we're already dealing with them here in Australia. So, yeah, most of our work that is coming to us globally is because they're Australian-based companies that know what we do and how we do stuff and they're bringing our services with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably some of the, the, the growth areas for us. Um, we're looking at new training programs and, and, and having some talks with, with both clients and industry. You know, what do they want? We're talking to other safety professionals and investigators. What do you want out of a training program? You know, we've been delivering ours for 15 years. Um, there is a, a few different investigation methodologies and training programs out there. We'll obviously tell you that ours is the best one. I'm, we're a little bit biased on that. Um, I think that's a given. That's a good thing. Um, but, you know, we're having discussions with them. You know, what do you want? What do you want to see? I, I, and, again, I, I, I don't think a lot of businesses do that or don't do that enough. You know, it's fine to say we've got a great product. but You need to get that, that feedback. You need to have those discussions as uncomfortable as they may be. Yeah. With the, the move into Asia, how much of an impact? Because stereotypically, and I'm, I may well be wrong, but stereotypically yeah. Asia does not have the focus or the regulations on safety that, right. uh, that other countries do. Yeah. Uh, as a tourist, I've seen scaffolding made of bamboo and workers in bare feet and no safety gear. And yeah. it's, it's just a different way of life over correct. there and life has a different value. Yeah, so correct. is how much of an issue is that going to be for your business? And does that mean that your focus is purely on the Western organizations that are in that, that area? Oh, look, I'd like to say that we, we, we can offer our services to any of the, the industries and businesses over there, but the reality of where we're at now and what we've done thus far is it's been Western businesses that have those different values, those and I say higher values on the life, as you, as you mentioned. Um, so they're the ones that are most likely to engage with us. And they'll have, they'll have different regulations as well in terms of, even though they may well be operating in a foreign country, the yeah. regulations of the home country may well apply. Yeah, correct. So a lot of organisations will model or, or, you know, benchmark off the Australian legislation because we've got quite robust legislation. Right. Um, and some of these countries either have none or very little um, so they will model their practices and they'll basically say, well, if it's good enough, you know, here in Australia, well, then it's good enough for our operations elsewhere. It shouldn't be any different. Life is life. 
zero injury, zero injury, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. so has that uh, reputation for Australian regulation helped your business on a global scale? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, people, people recognise, obviously, that, that we have got good legislation. They recognise uh, the diversity of, of, of our methodology, the ICANN methodology. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. So uh, for, for other people who are listening, and this might be just your personal experience because you haven't been at that organisation uh, for a great deal of time, what are some of the things that you'd wish you'd known earlier in your career that, that you're applying? Uh, and it may well be stuff like, you know, take time to look, look at the business itself rather than just keep doing your day-to-day job. But from your experience, what do you reckon are a couple of things that you'd wish you'd known earlier? Um, so my background has been around uh, national training manager roles and, 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 and learning development roles at a national level. Um, so whilst I've been tied up in the HR space, um, there's times I wish I did more in the HR space and had a better understanding of that because it's just so crucial to every business. Um, and I'm not saying we need to be industrial relations or, or HR experts, but yeah, there's times I wish I knew more around that sort of stuff. Um, if I look at this business and and other businesses I've managed now, I'm a massive fan of things like your SWOT analysis and so forth. And and I think a lot of businesses, you know, they do a SWOT analysis and then, oh, yeah, that's interesting and don't do anything with it. Um, the last business uh, that I managed, we actually went down a program. We were doing a SWOT analysis quarterly and we just continuously reviewed the business and, and, and reviewed the value and what we were doing and how we are doing it and the ROI and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't think you can do that sort of stuff enough. And I guess that also falls back to what I said earlier about the awards applications. You know, it just forces you to keep looking at what you're doing. Yeah. You can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. Focus on your core, focus on your product, your service, focus on what you're good at. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Hey, look, thank you so much for your time today, Luke. And I wish Safety Wise all the best with your top 200 business of the future. If people want to find out more about Safety Wise and get in touch, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Probably the best one. Uh, obviously, uh, our website's the safetywise.com. That's an easy one. Um, we're also on LinkedIn and we're just starting to, to venture out a little bit into Facebook as well. Um, and we're getting a bit of success through that. But uh, yeah, the, the website's probably our main one. Um, by all means, touch base with us here in the office. Um, details are on the website. And uh, yeah, that's probably the best one. Great. Luke, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Warwick. Appreciate it. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. Uh, make sure that you jump over to our Facebook page and join the conversation that's going on there as well. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success.